Hi everyone, in this lesson we're talking about the signs and symptoms of systemic lupus erythematosus, or SLE. So we're going to refer to this condition as lupus from now on. So before we get into the signs and symptoms, let's talk briefly about what lupus is. Lupus is a chronic autoimmune condition involving multi-system inflammation. Now the etiology or the cause of lupus is not known, but the pathophysiology of lupus involves production of autoantibodies that cause immune complexes which deposit into areas of the body. So autoantibodies are antibodies that the body produces against its own tissues. And these autoantibodies essentially bind to particular components of the patient's own body leading to immune complex formation. And these immune complexes then deposit into different areas of the body causing many of the symptoms we're gonna talk about in this lesson. Now the epidemiology of lupus is as follows. It's more likely to affect females as many autoimmune conditions do. The female to male ratio is approximately 10 to one. The onset of lupus occurs between the ages of 15 to 40. And there are particular risk factors, although the cause is not known, there are particular risk factors for getting lupus and these include genetics. So if there's a family history of lupus, you're more likely to also get lupus as well. Certain hormonal influences can also increase or exacerbate lupus, and then some certain environmental triggers have also been postulated to be a cause of lupus as well. And what we will see in this lesson is that there is a very large variety of signs and symptoms of lupus. And lupus is often known as a mimic of many other conditions. So we're going to see that there are many different signs and symptoms that can occur in this condition. Now let's talk about some of those signs and symptoms. We're first gonna talk about some dermatological findings. And some of these are going to be some more classic findings of lupus. One of these includes what we call a malar rash. So malar rash, you can see in this image here of the face, this is a malar rash. And here's another malar rash as well. It is also known as a butterfly rash. So essentially the shape of the rash sort of looks like a butterfly. What is important to note with this rash is that the nasal labial folds are spared. So you can see here in this image, this area is spared. These nasal labial folds are spared. And oftentimes the rash can be flat. So if you were to actually touch the rash, it can be flat. So this part of the skin feels the same as this part of the skin, or it can be raised. So the rash itself can be sort of raised above the other parts of the unaffected skin. Another rash that can occur in lupus is something we call discoid rash. So a discoid rash is a disc-shaped rash. And a discoid rash is often a reddened disc-shaped patch, but it can be raised, so it can be a plaque as well. So this would be a discoid rash. Now, along with those dermatological findings, the malar rash, in particular, the discoid rash, we can see alopecia. So alopecia is hair loss. And this hair loss is often patchy. And it can be due to the discoid lesions we talked about before that lead to scarring. So if there's discoid lesions that occur on the scalp of a patient, they can lead to scarring and essentially destruction of the hair follicles that leads to alopecia. And then in areas where there's not alopecia, the hair can also become brittle as well. Patients can often have issues with sun sensitivity, which we would call photosensitivity. And this is where there is skin that is exposed to the sun that develops an unusual reaction in rash. So this can happen in lupus as well. We can also see ulcerations occurring. And these ulcerations occur in particular areas. They occur on the nasal and oral mucosa. So you can get ulcerations in the mouth, on the gums, 
or in the nose itself. So right in the nasal mucosa. And these can occur in lupus as well. And they're oftentimes painless lesions or painless ulcerations. Now, another common or hallmark finding in lupus is what we call polyarthritis. Poly meaning many, arth meaning joints, and itis meaning inflammation. So inflammation of many joints. This is actually going to be the most common presenting symptom of lupus. And what is noted is that there's pain and inflammation of multiple joints. What is required is two or more joints that are affected, but oftentimes there's going to be at least five joints that are affected. What is noted in lupus, the joints that are affected, there is a symmetrical distribution. So if there are particular joints on one side of the body that are affected, those same joints on the other side of the body are also going to be affected. So if one knee is affected, the other knee is also going to be affected as well. So there is symmetrical distribution. What we find in the polyarthritis in lupus is that large and small joints are affected. So this can differ from rheumatoid arthritis, where rheumatoid arthritis, we're going to see more small joints being affected. But in lupus, we can see in those larger joints being affected, hips, knees, and those types of joints. This polyarthritis is inflammatory polyarthritis, meaning that there's going to be swelling, joint effusion, and tenderness. There can also be prolonged morning stiffness, so oftentimes morning stiffness greater than one hour. There can be pain at night, and there can also be improvement with activity of the joint pain itself and worsening of joint pain with rest. So those are components of an inflammatory arthritis, but they may not all be present in lupus. And this type of arthritis is a non-erosive arthritis. So there's not destruction of the joint as we would see in other types of arthritis. Now, some other signs and symptoms of lupus include the following. This is a general systemic inflammatory condition. So it's going to cause a lot of constitutional symptoms. These include fatigue. So we're going to see that feeling tired and having very low energy is going to be very common in lupus. And in fact, 80 to 90% of patients are going to have fatigue. So it's very, very common. Fever and chills can also occur as well, is that there is recurrent fever and or heavy sweating at night. And this can occur in up to 50% of patients with lupus, especially during flares of lupus. There can also be weight loss in lupus as well. So losing weight can occur in lupus, and this may be due to anorexia or simply a loss of appetite. Now, some other very important symptoms and clinical diseases that can occur in lupus are due to that chronic inflammatory state and some of those immune complexes depositing in certain organ systems. So what we can see in lupus is pericarditis. So pericarditis is an inflammation of the pericardium. And pericarditis is going to cause certain signs and symptoms, including chest pain. And certain changes in position can also exacerbate the pain from pericarditis as well. There can also be endocarditis, so inflammation of the endocardium of the heart, which is the inner lining of the heart. And what is noted is that in lupus, there is a particular type of endocarditis, which is called Libman-Sachs endocarditis, or LSE. And the easy way to remember that Libman-Sachs endocarditis occurs in lupus is by looking at the letters of the type of endocarditis, L-S-E, S-L-E. These are the same letters. And if we do see Libman-Sachs endocarditis, this is pathognomonic for lupus, which means that if a patient has Libman-Sachs endocarditis, they have lupus. So that is an important clinical finding and disease to recognize in patients with lupus. Now, pleuritis can also occur. So pleuritis is an inflammation of the pleura around the lungs, so the lining that covers the lungs. And this can lead to what we call pleuritic chest pain. 
And we can also see something very important to recognize in lupus patients, and that is cerebritis. So cerebritis is an inflammation of the cerebrum of the brain. And this can lead to and manifest as particular findings in a patient with lupus. These include decreased concentration, encephalopathy, so essentially issues with altered mental status. They can have psychosis. They can ultimately lead into seizures and coma as well. So this is a very important finding to recognize in patients with lupus. Other signs and symptoms that can occur in lupus patients include headache. This is often an intractable headache, so it's very difficult to get rid of this type of headache. And we can also see peripheral neuropathy occurring in lupus. So this is numbness and tingling sensations that can occur in the extremities. Renal failure can also occur in lupus. This is going to be a very important clinical finding as well in lupus patients. So this is what we call lupus nephritis. So nephritis meaning inflammation of the kidney. So it's lupus-induced inflammation of the kidney. This can lead to a progressive renal disease or progressive renal injury leading to renal failure. And this is due to immune complex deposition and damage in the kidneys. So as the blood gets filtered by the kidneys, those immune complexes get lodged and deposited in the kidneys, causing damage to the kidneys. So what we do find is that with patients with lupus, they often have persistent proteinuria. So they have larger amounts of protein in their urine. And they also have signs and symptoms of kidney disease. If you want more information on signs and symptoms of kidney disease, please check out my full lesson on that topic. And then what can also be noted in lupus patients is recurrent pregnancy losses. So increased losses during pregnancy can be a complication of lupus, and it's going to more likely occur during the second trimester. And it's due to a hypercoagulability, so a hypercoagulable state. Hypercoagulability means that there is an increased risk or propensity to create clots. So those production of clots can lodge into uterine vessels and cause pregnancy losses. We can also see anemia occurring in lupus. This is where there's going to be low hemoglobin or a red blood cell count. And it is due to a hemolytic anemia. So there's going to be signs and symptoms of anemia, some of these that can also exacerbate previously mentioned symptoms. So these include fatigue, shortness of breath, there can be chest pain, there can be some other signs like pallor and others as well. If you want more information, please check out my full lesson on signs and symptoms of anemia. Leukopenia. Leukopenia is a decreased or low white blood cell count. So there can be signs and symptoms of leukopenia. So some of these include an increased propensity for getting infections. And then there can also be thrombocytopenia. So thrombocytopenia is a low platelet count. So this low platelet count can lead to signs and symptoms of thrombocytopenia. So, and some of these signs and symptoms of thrombocytopenia include mucosal bleeding, so bleeding of the gums and the mouth. There can be some superficial bleeding under the skin, so you can see purpura and ecchymoses. And then there can be some other issues with thrombocytopenia as well. If you want more information, please check out my full lesson on that topic as well. So that was a quick overview of lupus. If you want more information on how it's diagnosed and treated, please take my full lesson on that topic. And if you haven't already, please like and subscribe for more lessons like this one. Thank you so much for watching and hope to see you next time.